Hey, everybody. Today on the Charlie Kirk Show, Julie Kelly joins us to react to the presidential immunity case regarding the Supreme Court. And then we also talk about two visits to the border. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. That is freedom at charliekirk.com. Subscribe to our podcast and become a member today. That's members.charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. There are two visits happening today to the United States' southern border. President Donald Trump and Joe Biden are going down to the southern border. Now, Joe Biden selected Brownsville, Texas for his border visit. Brownsville, Texas is one of the sleepier parts of the southern border. In fact, on February 26th, there were zero illegal immigrant encounters in Brownsville, Texas. Donald Trump is going to Eagle Pass, Texas, where on that same day, there were 563 illegal immigrant encounters. The Brownsville, Texas corridor, the sector, does not have the same sort of traffic, the same sort of overwhelming amount of people that we have seen in Tucson, we've seen in Nahalis, that we've seen in Eagle Pass, the Darien Gap. Now, it is now becoming, and it is, this presidential cycle. They're going to do everything they can to try to shift this and get people's attention off of this. This cycle is becoming the immigration border election. Now, it's possible that it changes, but the fact that Joe Biden is going down to the southern border, he's going down reluctantly. I, I, I got to play this piece of tape here of Karine Jean-Pierre. She says, well, you know, it's not about politics. And hey, he visited there last year. I mean, come on, we make one visit to the border a year. Come on, just like, you know, once a year we go down there. Our country is being invaded. Joe Biden and the Democrats have not allocated even a penny to fix this issue or this problem. Meanwhile, we're sending another $60 billion, $70 billion, and over $300 billion total to Ukraine. Let's play some pieces of tape here. Let's play Cut 92. What does it tell you that both President Biden and Donald Trump are going to be at the border on the same day? Here, it's, there's a difference here, and I want to be very clear about this because the president is going to, as you just said, Brownsville, Texas, to hear directly from the Border Patrol agents, to hear directly from the frontline personnel on what is going on on the ground. And let's not forget, the president was at the border just about a year ago in January of 2023 to do the same. This is not about politics for the president. He was there a year ago, everybody. A year ago, Joe Biden was there. She continues. Joe Biden, who has overseen the worst border crisis in American history, will keep on doing what he's been doing to move forward on the issue. Play cut 93. 
American people are going to hear directly from President Biden today about what he has done to continue moving forward in dealing with this issue and how Republicans have gotten in the way. How Republicans have gotten in the way. Border Patrol Union Brandon Judd, cut 94, says Border Patrol are so upset about Biden's visit because he's not going to get any location He's not going to go to any location where he's able to evaluate what he needs to. Joe Biden doesn't care. Joe Biden is a co-sponsor of the cartels. Joe Biden is a cheerleader for what's happening. He doesn't want to stop it. He wants to encourage it. He's now only going because it's starting to hurt him politically. We have never seen a set of polls so bad for Joe Biden. The new Bloomberg Morning Consult polls shows that Donald Trump is up 10 points in Pennsylvania, 9 points in, Pen- uh, nine points in Pennsylvania, 10 points in North Carolina, 9 points in Arizona, 7 points in Nevada, 7 points in Georgia, 6 points in Wisconsin, 1 point in Michigan. Play cut 94. And the reason why Border Patrol agents are so upset about this visit is because he's not going to any location where he's going to be able to evaluate what he needs to do. What are the policies? What are the programs that need to go into place? And he's not going to be able to do that in Brownsville. If he would have went to San Diego, if he would have went to Tucson, if he would have come out here to Eagle Pass, if he would have went to the trouble locations, um, he would have been able to get, get a little bit uh, more understanding and evaluate the situation to come up with it. He's not going to do that. He can't do He's not going to any of the places where the actual invasion is occurring. He selected Brownsville, Texas for a purpose, for a reason. As it's sleepy and he'll sit around a couple of border patrol. How's it going? Oh, the other day we didn't even see one. Okay, that's great. And his little border drive-by visit will be over. Now, it's important to note that the American people are now prioritizing this as the top issue happening in America. The Brownsville border station, as I mentioned, has only processed 46 illegals in the last five days. The overall Rio Grande Valley sector, which covers 100 miles of the border in the area, has 87,000 encounters recently. Donald Trump recently went to the city of Eagle Pass, a few hundred miles upriver from Biden. Eagle Pass has 2,160 illegals processed in the past five days, 45 times as much as Brownsville, and Brownsville is a far larger city too. The Del Rio sector that Eagle Pass lies in has 182,000 recent border encounters, more than double the number in the Rio Grande Valley sector. So one president wants to see the real crisis and fix it. One president wants to show something fake and hide the truth. Let's continue here. Um, Brownsville residents blast Joe Biden's visit to the southern border, play cut 101. He's wasting his time. Mr. President, what are you doing here? By a stroke of a pen, you can stop this. You don't need Congress. It feels like it's a day late and a dollar short. I don't know what his purpose is, to be quite honest. We've had this situation for years. He has not shown up. It just seems a little too little too late. Little too little too late. We know with the murder of Lake and Riley, we've seen what's with crime happening across the country. Why is it that Joe Biden is so indifferent to the border crisis issue? It's because the base of the Democrat Party wants the complete destruction of the country as we know it. The only logical explanation is that Joe Biden and the cartel that is running the country, the regime that is currently occupying the White House, they're completely captured by the Chinese Communist Party, the cartels, the deep state. The White House, they understand that Their monopoly on the news media is weakening with Twitter, alternative media, 
Rumble, our podcasting, this program right here, our ability to get the message out is significantly weakening their propagandizing of the American people. Joe Biden doesn't want to have to go to the border. This is an annoyance to him. Joe Biden would rather go to Ukraine. Joe Biden would rather do something in Europe. The buried lead of this is that forcing Joe Biden to be able to go to the border shows that the, the relentless messaging that we have been doing on this, on social media, on our program, on radio, on television, is that it's starting to get out. And every single state is a border state. Let me say that again. Every single state is a border state. Fentanyl in our communities. We just had the other day, Pastor Jensen Franklin on the program, a very popular pastor from the great state of Georgia. He says in the last couple of years, he has done near over 100 funerals recently of young kids that have been killed by fentanyl. And they weren't even taking it necessarily intentionally. You know, another thing that they were trying out at some party or whatever might have been laced with fentanyl. It is killing our country and it is a direct poisoning from the Chinese Communist Party. We highlighted the other day Whitewater, Wisconsin, small town in central Wisconsin, being overrun with the illegals. It was typically a lazy university town, and now it is it has 2,000 new illegals. This is happening in every single country across, the, uh, every single state across the country. And Joe Biden wants it this way. The Democrats, they're thrilled with this. Every day, another 1,000, another 2,000, another 3,000 foreigners come into the country. They think they can permanently change the political fabric and makeup of America. There is no other explanation. He could, he could completely seal the border right now and today if he wanted to. But he doesn't want that. Instead, he wants the invasion and the continuation of what is called, quote-unquote, migration. We know better than that. He wants to just have a nice little photo op in Brownsville and to continue to go back to the White House and oversee the greatest invasion in American history. Hey there, have you taken a good look at the banks lately? On the surface, everything seems fine, but there's a whole lot more going on underneath. It's like looking under the hood of a car and finding a mess of broken wires and parts. The parts are loans for homes, cars, and those credit cards that we all use, and they're hitting record highs. It's kind of scary when you think about it. Why risk your money for a tiny 5% return when things are so shaky? This is where Noble Gold Investments can help. They're like a friend who knows all about keeping your money safe. They suggest gold and silver, oldies but goodies in the finance world. Plus, they've got a sweet deal. A free one-fourth of an ounce gold standard gold coin this month. If you qualify, it's pretty cool, right? If you're curious, just give them a call at 877-646-5347. It's just the chat, no pressure. They'll help you figure out if gold and silver are right for you. Or visit noblegoldinvestments.com or take the first step towards a safer financial future. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. Noblegoldinvestments.com. They'll help you find out if gold and silver are the right next step for you. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. Here's the way the Democrats think. I, I I don't tend to think in this binary terms as far as Demographics are always destiny. However, let's look at this. Democrats haven't won the white vote in modern American politics. Trump won whites by 20% in 2016. He won whites by 17% in 2020. Democrats have talked about how we need to destroy whiteness, how white supremacy is the greatest threat to our country. So if you're the Democrats, what do you think? What do you want? 
They believe that if you import millions of future voters, you relax chain of custody laws, signature verification standards, fight voter ID in the courts, and send out mass mail-in ballots to every home, apartment, and address you can, they think they can dilute white America's influence. And just today, right on cue, a federal judge has now come to, has come in and has said it's illegal for Texas to secure their own border. Texas bill making illegal border crossing an arrestable offense blocked by federal judge pending appeal. So in other words, states have the right to enact sanctuaries for illegals, ignoring federal immigration law. But states don't have the right to enforce immigration, immigration law when the federal government ignores them. They're creating a pressure cooker here. The federal government is intentionally creating a pressure cooker. So you do not have the right as a state to quell or to push back against invasion. Texas is not allowed to arrest illegal or foreigners. And by the way, you know that many of them are going to go on to commit crimes. They're coming across the border. Texas cannot lay hands on them, even though their presence, their entrance into the country is a felony. They are breaking the law coming across the border. And Greg Abbott has a decision to make. Is he going to honor this you know, federal judge? Now, remember, Joe Biden and the Supreme Court came in and said that Greg Abbott you know, can't put up razor wire. Joe Biden kind of backed down from that whole thing. We were covering that story very closely. And Joe Biden kind of just backed off. We're getting lots of emails, and I totally sympathize with this. This is a very difficult story to cover. And do you know, as I travel and as I speak to people of all different ages, especially great patriots in their 60s and 70s, do you know that the feeling that this border crisis creates more than anything else? Mass demoralization. And demoralization is the goal. You feel so helpless. Texas can't do anything. Arizona won't do anything. New Mexico won't do anything. California won't do anything. Joe Biden and the federal government is allowing them to come in, is co-sponsoring their entrance into the country. They're being flown into the interior. You've got wannabe serial killers in Scottsdale. You've got people killing college kids in Georgia. They're assaulting police officers in New York. You've got nearly almost every single day another illegal uh, with a DUI. You got Venezuelans breaking into homes across the country, and there's nothing you could do about it. The border is this issue that is a reminder, and it feels as if you're losing your country every single day. And some people still think that those crossing the border, it's like Lupita Manana, and she's coming across with her baby, and there's a little bit of that. These are fighting age males. Not to mention, over 120,000 of them are from China. 120,000 of them are from China. How many of them are sleeper cells? Do we now have a sleeper cell insurgency network in the homeland of the country, on the interior of the country? It certainly feels that way. It seems that way. Why is Joe Biden visiting the border? He wants to check the box and say, oh, it's all Republicans' fault. The way that immigration has been designed, and Obama changed a lot of this, is immigration policy is now largely centralized in the pen of the executive. The executive can determine the policy based on things he signs, stuff he says. So Donald Trump could fix this in three hours. He becomes president. The border is going to be secure. 
you reinstitute remain in Mexico, you call Mexico and you tell them that if you do not fix this within two hours, there's tariffs on everything coming into the country, they will get right into gear. And Trump did a lot of that. It was the most secure border we've had. You finish the wall, you call a national emergency. But the Democrat Party, and the border is the most accurate picture of this. The Democrat Party does not care about the welfare of native-born Americans. They don't care. Even Eric Adams is calling for a reform of sanctuary city-type policies. It is treason. The Democrat Party does hate the country. They actively have bitterness and contempt for the greatest nation ever to exist in the history of the world. And the border is a perfect example of it. So Joe Biden's going there to try to get the press to stop talking about it. Donald Trump is going to an actual crisis, Eagle Pass, Texas, on the border. It only raises the significance of the upcoming election in November. Hey, everybody, Charlie Kirk here. Primary season means voting our values, and that includes being heard when it comes to standing for life. So, yes, our votes should reflect our respect for life. Don't expect it all to be solved by politics, as we've seen so well ever since the fall of Roe. The demand for abortions is higher than ever, and that means there are still girls and women who need the truth as they make a decision for life. For every baby saved from abortion, there's also a mom saved from the pain and regret of not choosing life. Ultrasounds save babies and save moms, and that's what you can do right now. $280 saves 10 babies. $28 a month can save a baby a month all year long. And a $15,000 gift will provide a complete ultrasound machine that will save thousands of babies for years and years to come. Call 833-850-2229 or click on the preborn banner at charliekirk.com. I'm a donor and you should be too. Go to charliekirk.com and click on the preborn banner. Joining us now is Julie Kelly. Julie, thank you for taking the time. So, Julie, there was some breaking news yesterday about the Supreme Court deciding to take an immunity case. Walk us through it. Yeah, so this is why you see the left and the Andrew Weissmans of the world and Rachel Maddow completely melting down because the Supreme Court did what special counsel Jack Smith asked them to do back in December, which is to consider um, the rulings from the lower courts in Washington that denied Donald Trump's claims of presidential immunity from criminal prosecution in Jack Smith's uh, January 6, 2020 election case in Washington. So the Supreme Court has agreed to hear the matter and set oral arguments for the week of April 22nd. Now, Charlie, why you see people melting down on social media and MSNBC and CNN is because this will continue to prolong the pretrial calendar for Trump's trial in Washington. The original trial date was March 4th. As the appellate process continued, on this unprecedented matter of presidential immunity from criminal prosecution, something that has never been addressed ever by the judicial or legal system in this country. That means that the now suspended March 4th trial date will continue to be pushed possibly late summer, early fall, meaning, Charlie, that there there could be a trial, but likely no conviction in the easy up layup Uh, you know, happy conviction jurisdiction of Washington, D.C. That is what the outrage on the left and Democrats and ever Trump Republicans right now is all about. Yeah. And so the I want to play some of this. And just to reiterate, Julie, you don't think that there will be a trial with these cases before the election. Um, it, it, It just because of a timeline issue. 
Right. So quickly, the timeline, oral arguments are the week of April 22nd, even if the Supreme Court comes back at the end of May, which would be a hasty decision. Um, Judge Chutkin has said that she will make sure that the three months that have already been suspended as this appellate process has moved through the system in Washington, those three months will be returned back to the defense and the government, meaning if the decision comes down in May, end of May, the Supreme Court upholds the lower court rulings, rejects the idea that a president has immunity from criminal prosecution. That means the trial can't really begin till th almost three months later, pushing that to the end of August. More likely, Charlie, is the Supreme Court won't come back until June, which is the conclusion of this current term of the Supreme Court, come back with a ruling in mid-late June. If again, they uphold the lower court's decisions, denying Trump's claims of presidential immunity from criminal prosecution. At the end of June, that pushes the trial all the way to September. Okay, fine. People are early voting. They're still going to have Donald Trump on trial for this four-count indictment. But there's no way this trial can conclude with a verdict before the November uh, election it, day. They could, they could potentially have Trump in a federal courtroom in the midst of yes. the, the campaign season. Is that right? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Two reasons. Judge Chutkin has said from the very beginning that the election in politics has no, they have no consideration in her courtroom, that she does not consider Donald Trump anything more than a regular criminal defendant in her courtroom. Number two, Merrick Garland said a few weeks ago when he was questioned by a reporter, you know, usually there's this DOJ rule where the Department of Justice can't do anything political, you know, 60, 90 days between an election, before an election. And Merrick Garland said, look, these two cases, January 6th in Washington, classified documents in Florida, which I will be in that hearing tomorrow, um, those are out of DOJ's hands. They are both in the hands of the judges in Florida and Washington. The DOJ can't come in now and say, hey, let's put a stop to this trial. So yes, could Donald Trump be in a Washington courtroom standing trial at the end of September or October as Americans are early voting for president? Absolutely. And this DOJ, neither DOJ nor Judge Chuck Kim would put a stop to it. Yeah, I mean, that would be the most flagrant election interference in history. If that's the case, mm -hmm. then why are the liberals so upset? Wouldn't that fit there? Or they, they that that's a little too forced for them. That's too brazen for the, even the MSNBC yeah. intelligentsia. Why are they so upset then? No, no, they would love to have Donald Trump stand trial while people are voting to remind them, you know, of his alleged crimes for January 6th. The reason, Charlie, they really wanted a conviction even before the Republican convention in July, because some polls indicate even Trump voters or independents who are leaning towards Trump, if he was convicted of crimes, that would pull their votes away from Donald Trump. So they really were dependent on a conviction. So now that it looks like a conviction basically is off the table, even if he's standing trial, which of course could backfire because Charlie is, you know, all of these criminal cases against Donald Trump are backfiring on them. I mean, look at what's happening in Fulton County with uh, Georgia, with Fannie Willis, that whole case is imploding. They're all being exposed as corrupt liars and degenerates and, um, you know, money laundering through uh, taxpayers in Fulton County. So these are all backfiring. They really knew that they could get an easy conviction in Washington where DOJ has a 100% conviction rate in jury trials. Not a single January 6th defendant, now two years later, 
more than 100 trials, not a single January 6th defendant has been fully exonerated, acquitted by a D.C. jury. They knew that Donald Trump would be convicted in Washington. They wanted to use that against him to pull squishy voters away from him and towards Joe Biden. That looks like there's about a 0.1% chance that'll happen now. Yeah, they, they are absolutely freaking out. And by the way, that just goes to show, you know, people say, what side is good or evil? The evil side is the one that wants to use the instruments of the Department of Justice to try to interfere with an election. The party of democracy certainly doesn't like clean and fair elections. So let's go to cut 105 here. This is Jamie Raskin uh, saying we can't put all of our hopes in the Supreme Court. This is really something. Play cut 105. Of our hopes um, in the Supreme Court, the people need to be engaged and aroused at this point to uh, demand that there be justice, but also to be organizing for the election. Everybody needs to be vigilant. Well, Julie, if it was all about the elect, all about justice, why does it have to happen before the election? Right, because, of course, Jamie Raskin and the rest are complete liars. Look, the idea that this case has been foot dragged by either Donald Trump or the Supreme Court is a complete falsehood. And I'll tell you why. Um, This indictment in January 6th in Washington was brought by Jack Smith on August 1st of 2023. Typically, Charlie, in J6 cases, and as you know, I've covered so many of these court proceedings, it is usually 18 months, 24 months between indictment and trial. You are talking about an unprecedented criminal indictment against a former president and the presumptive GOP nominee for president. And Judge Chuck can fast track this, allowing only seven months between indictment and the March trial. That was mistake number one. Number two, they knew that Donald Trump would be making this motion to dismiss, which he did in October, to dismiss the case on presidential immunity grounds from criminal prosecution. Judge Chutkin, by the way, is the one who waited two months before she issued her order denying his claims of presidential immunity. If anyone is to blame for, first of all, bringing a late indictment, that's Jack Smith. Number two, the judge who has prolonged this process, it's Judge Chutkin. She knew then that this would force an appellate process that would automatically put the pretrial schedule on hold because this is an immunity uh, issue. It can be appealed before a trial or conviction, which is usually not the case. So then what happens? Jack Smith, in what he called his words, extraordinary request, tried to leapfrog over the appellate court, go directly to the Supreme Court and have them take up the matter, preventing Donald Trump from his due process rights, which would be the next natural step going to the D.C. appellate court, asking them to review Judge Chutkin's order. Jack Smith says, no, 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 no. We have to get this to trial. We have to keep our trial date. Goes to the Supreme Court, December 11th, says, please take up this case. Here's why. It's an extraordinary case, extraordinary request. The Supreme Court comes back December 22nd and says, no, you're going to go through the normal channels. Then the D.C. appellate court says, well, we're going to fast track this. So they took from the time that Donald Trump filed his appeal to when they held oral arguments was a month. Charlie, usually this process takes months, not one month, several months. So they fast-tracked it at the appellate court. Then a month later, the three-judge panel with two Biden appointees comes back a month later with their 3-0 decision, upholding Judge Chutkin's denial of President Trump's immunity claims. A month later, again, that process usually takes months. So we're talking about this compacted schedule 
So anyone saying that the courts or anyone else or Donald Trump is the one trying to prolong this, he has been stripped of his due process rights. He has been stripped of the ability to go through the normal process in Washington. So that is why finally, after the appellate court ruling, the three judge uh, panel ruling, he went to the Supreme Court, asked for a stay. Jack Smith is the one who went to the Supreme Court and said, consider his application for a stay, meaning a hold on the appellate court ruling. Consider that a petition for a writ of cert, meaning asking the Supreme Court to take the case, which is precisely what they did yesterday. And now the Supreme Court is sort of fast-tracking it because they are holding oral arguments the week of April 22nd. Think about this, Charlie, and I know this is a lot of timeline, but people really need to get granular, understand the granular uh, timeline here. The week before, the Supreme Court will hear the immunity case. They are going to hear the 1512C to obstruction of an official proceeding appeal, which you and I have already talked about, the most common, one of the most common felonies in J6 cases. The appellate court handed down their decision in that case in April of 2023. It will be an entire year before the Supreme Court looked at the case, granted cert, and then will hear oral arguments. That is in sharp contrast to the appellate court ruling on February 6th and now moving it a week after this appeal that began a year earlier. So the outrage that you hear from the Andrew Weissmans, Rachel Maddow, all the cable news heavy breathers saying that this has been slow. This has been a slow. It's the exact opposite. I can't point to a case that's moved faster in Washington in January 6th than Donald Trump's. Hey, everybody, there is an eagerly awaited release of Cabrini in theaters on March 8th, International Woman's Day. It's an amazing film. I saw it the other day. It is incredible. It's like The Godfather, but better. From Angel Studios and Alejandro Monteverde, award-winning director of Sound of Freedom, comes the powerful true story of Francesca Cabrini, an Italian immigrant who arrives in New York City in 1889 and is greeted by disease, crime, and impoverished children. Caprini is not merely a movie, it is a tribute to the spirit of women everywhere. It tells the story of a trailblazer, a visionary whose tireless dedication to serving others transcend boundaries and inspire generations. On this International Women's Day, we can honor Caprini's enduring legacy by celebrating the countless contributions of women throughout history. Mark your calendars for March 8th and join me in theaters to experience the extraordinary journey of Mother Caprini, a celebration of courage, compassion, and the triumph of the human spirit. Let's play cut 107 here. The legal intelligentsia is losing their mind. Play cut 107. Is there any legal reasoning that I'm missing on why this case is delayed and why this, uh, you know, why the Supreme Court seems to be slow walking this a little bit? Elise, it is maddening because the Supreme Court knows that there's a consequential election in November, yet they showed no urgency in setting the date of oral argument for April 22nd. Now, a more cynical view to answer your question is to interpret the Supreme Court decision as a nefarious act of putting their thumb on the scale to benefit their favorite candidate. I'm not sure I want to go that far, but it's disturbing. I hope everyone understands this. Their equation had baked into it a federal Trump conviction. Julie Kelly. 
Well, first of all, Elise Jordan is an idiot. She always has been an idiot. She claims to be a former Republican, and she has no idea what she's talking about. If she had to debate me right now about the timeline, she would cry because she doesn't know what she's talking about as a typical leftist. Um, so, yes, they were baking that in that Donald Trump would be convicted. Now, here's what's interesting, Charlie. I will be in Florida courtroom tomorrow in the classified documents case. This is the case that they leapfrogged over to try to get the trial in Washington before the classified documents. One, because number one, he won't have as friendly of a jury, Donald Trump will have a friendlier jury pool in Southern Florida, of course, than he would have in Washington, D.C. And number two, Judge Aileen Cannon is not acting like the rubber stamp for the DOJ and Jack Smith that all of the judges in Washington, D.C. do. So tomorrow will be a very contentious hearing on the classified documents case. She has a May 20th trial date set. That probably will be vacated as well because of everything going on there. But let's say she comes back and she sets a trial date for July, says we'll be ready to go to trial in July. Are these same people going to say, oh, this is great. Okay, well, we have due process, at least in Florida. And she's moving forward to putting the most dangerous case, sharing special, sensitive nuclear secrets with our enemies, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So. I'll be anxious to see if Judge Cannon sets another trial date for this summer, will these same individuals say, well, okay, this is good. Will they finally uh, commend Judge Cannon and stop vilifying her? Uh, So I think we're going to see some whiplash pretty quickly. I think you're right. Let's uh, let's play cut uh, 106. It's Chris Hayes. He's freaking out. Play cut 106. It is an unmistakable sign from the MAGA majority of the Trump-created court that they are with him, that they are going to use their power to make sure he does not face trial in an election year for attempting to end American democracy. The point was never to win on the merits. The point was to make a time-consuming Hail Mary pass to attempt to escape accountability. The hundreds of millions of us might be robbed of the information we need to determine whether the man is guilty of the gravest crime any politician has been accused of since the Civil War. Today, the court signaled they are in cahoots, that the plot is on. It's a go. About a minute remaining. Final reaction, Julie. They're just completely unhinged. They're lying. They're gaslighting their viewers. Um, and look, there's a chance the Supreme Court will come back and, and uphold what we said, the lower court rulings, and deny presidential immunity from criminal prosecution. So what will lunatics like Chris Hayes and Elise Jordan say then? Um, so, it, But for now, everyone should just enjoy their torment. Because it's very rare that we get what is viewed a win and all the heads exploding on MSNBC and elsewhere. So let's relish this moment because uh, I'm certainly gratified by it. Julie, great work. Uh, Talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless.